You're listening to the B-Side Podcast on Brick Radio. If you like what you hear or think there's an artist or band we should have in the studio, let us know in the comments. Otherwise, sit back, relax, tune in, and turn on. An old soul giving us old soul. An innate passion for music and its embodiment of love, tonight's guest will give us the celestial love in his music. He'll take us on a journey of mutual adoration and self-affirmation. A Grammy-winning session and touring musician, Sharif and Burgundy's resume is teeming with names of today's most acclaimed musicians like Alicia Keys, Kanye West, and John Legend, to name a few. This month, he'll be recording his sophomore solo album, and he's here tonight to give us a peek into what it has to offer. I'm your host, Kenyatta Beasley, and don't move, because Sharif is here to embrace your soul right here on B-Side. Burgundy, welcome yes. to B-Sides, man. Great to have you here. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, man, I was reading, I was on your website, and I got the impression that with, with the term neo-soul that's actually permeating through, <laughs> you know, music, that uh, you're basically a person that we should just strike that neo from and just say, man, this is just a 21st century the soul man. <laughs> And, I can, and, and from the first song, I think the, the audience got that. So, you know, so welcome. So um, tell us about, um, you're, you're, you just played South by Southwest. I did. I was out in South by Southwest. Um, my good friend, Andre Simone, who played with Prince, childhood friend with Prince, I recorded on his, he just put a new record out called 1969 that you all should go get. But I played on his record before this one called The Stone. And um, he called me up and he's like, hey, you gonna be at South by Southwest? I was like, well, I could. <laughs> so he asked me to come out and do some songs with him. And, um, you know, and I also played on the Prince tribute set with Des Dickerson, Mickey Free, Wyclef Jean was there, um, and a f other, few other Minneapolis-based musicians. And it was incredible. You're, you're basically, a, um, man, an awesome singer-songwriter, but, You've also worked with a lot of artists, such as like John Legend, Alicia Keys, and I know you spent the, the past few years doing that. Um, any of those experiences, how have they helped shape you and what, what you're doing now? Oh, everything is a learning experience. Um, and in fact, I only got into, I've always had my own band in front of my own band. Mm -hmm. And 
I really only started doing the support artist thing so I could get some sort of behind the scenes knowledge of uh, you know what it's like to be in the band, what it's like to go on tour, mm -hmm. to you know have a band doing constant rehearsals and all of that stuff. And then of course, you know, when you start making that money, you get a little roped into it. Right. So. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's kind of addictive, and then you find yourself, you know, being the support rather than investing exactly. in yourself. Exactly. But now you're 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 about to uh, release your sophomore debut record, and we're going to be hearing like a lot of songs from that tonight. Yes, the first song that I just did is titled "The Prayer," and that's going to be. Um, I usually open a lot of my shows with that song. I think it's going to be the first song on the record as well. Cool, yeah. cool. And before this, your uh, your previous record was uh, there's like a, a gap. So in 2006. Um, yeah, let's let's call it that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bubby's Love was my uh, freshman debut record. Mm -hmm. um, was supposed to come out on a, a label, and that label ended up falling through. And you know, I was determined to put it out, so I just took the songs and released it on my own. Um, and right at that same time was when I started touring with John. So we really didn't have, uh, we really didn't put a whole lot of money behind it. I was a one-man operation. I didn't have management. I didn't have a label. So I was just uh, put it out there on the strength of, okay, well, all these people see me on the road and I'll just hype it and see what we can do. Right. Can, can you, um, the, the first song that you played, what, what was the, uh, the meaning and inspiration? Behind it because I mean doing doing our interview tonight I want to kind of get into your thought process of like how your, your songwriting how, how you came up with so many songs well the title is the prayer and it's it's just that you know I was raised in the Baptist Church so faith is the base of pretty much everything that I do uh, and it's just a prayer to God letting him know how much I love him and thanking him for keeping me all this way uh, through the trials and tribulations the ups and downs and the things we shouldn't be doing and and all of that I think a lot of that is missing in today's society in general, yeah. and, and not that you have to be, um, you know, holy roller toting the Bible everywhere, but just that sense of morality and having a, a basis of something good in your life. You know, if you look around, I, I think so many people are hurting, mm -hmm. and it manifests in day-to-day -day interaction. You know, just speaking with people over the phone. They don't want to do their jobs. They're miserable in everything they do, and they project that energy. So I think if we get back to the basics a little bit and just think about what's good in our lives instead of what's bad, we'll all live a little bit better lives. Your, your musical journey. So you're originally from uh, Jersey? New, New Brunswick, born in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Yeah. And I'm actually living back there now to move back home to help out with some family matters. Mm -hmm. um, but I was here in Brooklyn for 23 years. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how long have you been um, singing and playing? Is this like a lifelong thing? Or? Yeah, yeah, I've been playing all my life. Um, started playing drums actually and piano and keyboard in church mm -hmm. when I was really young and switched over to guitar. I've always played a little guitar, but I started taking it more seriously when I got into college mm -hmm. and started playing in bands um, around, went to Rutgers, so around my town, right. playing in various bands, playing bass in a few bands and guitar and stuff. Right. So, you, um, at what point did you start singing? Because you, you really, you, I mean, 
the way you sing, you really capture that that old that old soul kind of like influence. What what when, when, at what point did this like take over your uh, your performance? Well, I grew up singing in the church choir. Yeah. Um, but I when I finally started to focus on my own music, probably around the early '90s, when I you know was playing in college and playing in some bands, and I was like, all right, you know, I think I want to time to start doing my own thing. Me and a friend of mine, God rest her soul, Aurora, um, had a, a duo, an acoustic duo, with the two of us singing and me playing guitar. So that's kind of when I started really focusing back on vocals. Mm. So your main influences at this time were? At that time? Yeah. Prince has always been a huge influence. Um, Joni Mitchell, she taught me about Joni, I taught her about Prince. That's kind of how we got together. <laughs> Marvin Gaye, P-Funk has always been a huge influence. Anything Motown, Curtis Mayfield. Yeah. So, I mean, has it always just been music? It's funny you ask because I almost went to college as a visual art major instead of music because I always draw, I used to draw and paint a lot. Mm -hmm. But music was always my first love. So, so wait. So you at, at what point did you say, you know what, this is exactly what what I'm, you know, going to dedicate my life to? I think it's kind of always been that, as, as young as I can remember. Um, you know, having visions of being up on stage with an instrument in my hand. You know, hopefully bringing joy to the masses has always been what I've wanted to do. And while you at Rutgers, you all, you you're actually a, a music music major. For the most part, I went as a, <laughs> I went as a, and as a psych major. I did that to kind of please my mom because she didn't want me taking music as a major. But all my electives were music classes, <laughs> so I basically was, you know, uh, undercover music major. <laughs> right. So I mean, shortly thereafter, is that when you uh, actually, you know, left New Brunswick and made your way up to? Uh, I did. The big actually, bright city. I was playing bass in this band called Spy Gods, and we had a little development thing going on with Sony Records at the time. So I was like, college, peace. <laughs> I'm out. This is what I want to do. So I left college to pursue a full-time music career. They never released our record, unfortunately, but you know, it started my path onto you know working professionally in the industry. Promise me, you never leave me. Promise me, you never lie, and I promise you, I'll always love you until the day I die. I said we, we were touching on this in the opening. Um, you kind of lay in like an overview of the conversation. As a songwriter, right? What's what's your what's your process when you're sitting down and you're you know you're, you're putting together your songs? Because they seem to be coming from like a, like a pretty soulful, a pretty spiritual place. Um, it's no rhyme or reason to it really, but typically the music will come before the lyrics. And I'll have like a feeling about what the song is going to be about and I'll kind of put the chord changes together around that and the lyrics are kind of the one of the hardest thing for me to write sometimes because unless it comes right away, some songs come right away. Um, but if it doesn't, it could take years and years and years. <laughs> I've been writing this one song um, kind of about uh, gentrification and change and what you see happening and, and it's literally, I wrote the chorus to this song like 
honestly about 10 years ago and still am working out the lyrics because I'm just so particular about what I want to say and how I want to say it and the juxtaposition of words um, because words mean so many different things to so many different people. So you literally like just let the song just kind of marinate for a minute. Pretty much, pretty much. It has to grow up when it's ready to grow up. <laughs> and, it, and it takes you a while to kind of get it. Sometimes, you know, then some others come right away. I wrote a song last night in literally like three minutes. As, um, as you're such a great, a great songwriter, oh, thank uh, you. I, 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 I remember first meeting you um, at a John Legend rehearsal years ago. And, but I, the thing is, I, I saw you playing live and you always been the front man. Um, What's the what's the what's the trade-off there? I know that we all want to be a leader, but the the lessons that you learn on the road and as a session musician, how have they shaped you as a musician that you are right now? In so many ways, uh, just getting comfortable being in that environment, the camaraderie of it all, mm -hmm. and just learning this is how it's done. You know, in terms of stage production, uh, being a tour manager and looking at everybody's roles in the, that make up the whole equations um, and learning what not to do as well in terms of being the band leader you know I want to always make sure my band is taken care of right I mean at this point like if you um, had like a dream collaboration who would it be with you know I would really love to do some right with D'Angelo I mean, one of my dream collaborations I've done with Andre Simone, he and I wrote songs together for a project with another label from L.A. I was signed to that didn't re release my record, whose name shall also remain unnamed. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love what D'Angelo's doing. I love that he has some conscious music. I think we need more of that in today's society, and I would love to do some collaborating with him. So live, it's in, uh, in regards to performance, is it you solo in like in this setting or normally do we get to hear you with a live band and you really turn it up a notch? I do have a full band and I was just talking downstairs again with Terrence about this. I wanted to have them here today, but my drummer is currently on tour with Bilal and my bass player is doing a residency in Bahrain. Man, they missing out today. <laughs> they sure are. All right, so you, you currently have a, what, a Tuesday night residency yes. in, a, in the downtown Brooklyn area. Yes. Tell us, tell us some more about that. The place is formerly known as Keeley. They changed the name to Bijan's a few years ago now. We get started around 10 o'clock. And uh, when I play there, I play solo acoustic. So it's just become so comfortable for me to do it in this scenario. You know, sometimes this is easier than doing it with the band because I can you are the band. Directed where I want to go. Yeah. Slow down tempos if I want to. Speed up. Do you know? Just do whatever I want to do. It's you and basically what uh, open jam sessions. Open where... jam session. Uh, we do a sign up sheet. Anybody that wants. To, I hesitate to call it an open mic because we get some really good talent that comes through as opposed to your average open mic with you know so and so that just learned how to play guitar last month. But we, we get some. <laughs> we get some good solid players and songwriters that come through. We started it there, me and my buddy Jeff Broadnecks started it there way back in 2002. And when I'm on the road, you know, I'll have someone else host for me. But yeah. You wow, know, what a, fifth, a 15 year residency. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's survived on its word of mouth. And I just love having the place where artists can come together and network and just a place for them to do their thing, you know, no pressure. It's free to get in, you know, the, the food is good, the drinks are not that expensive, you know, just a haven, if you will, for artists. So y'all come on out, stop being punks and come on out to the Tuesday night thing. But Natalie today ain't what it's about. They showed up 
briefcase full of money trying to buy a house. I ain't afraid to change I ain't one to complain But where are all the people going to In a lot of ways I, I'm uh, I marvel at your career so, you know, that I've known you for so long and I, I know that you uh, you played on some Grammy winning recordings Indeed Yeah, which, which ones, uh, which one did you because yeah, you know, I, I remember one in particular, but I'll let you I'll let you explain. Well, I played on Alicia Keys's "You Don't Know My Name," um, John Legend. I played on uh, "So High," won the Grammy for a live performance. I do a nice big solo on that one, um, and a couple other records off "Heaven" off of his second album. Mm -hmm. um, how long did you work? How long did you uh, did you work with John? I toured and recorded with him for his first three albums. Okay. So it was Get Lifted, um, Once Again, and Evolver. Right. Did you feel as if like you're, you as an artist kind of grew from that experience, taking away a little, like you said, you learned from like a lot of musicians? Did oh, you... definitely. Definitely. You know, getting to be in the studio with, you know, great producers like Kanye West and just watching their process and you know, just kind of sitting back in the cut and listening and watching, absolutely. You know, like I said, everything should be a learning experience. So right. I try to take a little bit away with me from everything. Right, so all these experiences with all these great artists, did you, do you feel as if that's um, opened up more doors, more opportunities? Has it changed, you know, your, your, uh, your musical trajectory in any kind of way? Um, it's definitely opened up some ears and, and some opportunities here. You know, I'm, I'm here today. <laughs> um, um, but uh, to direct to, to dictory. <laughs> um, I try not to, you know, I, well, look, I you, think... You know, as, as a musician, it's like, it's like, you know, man, sometimes we do these gigs that people see us in a different light now because oh, you got you, you, you work with X person and this person and now rather than doing what you used to be doing, maybe it's, you, you know, it's oh, yeah. bumped up yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we'll embrace that, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, uh, at this point, what are, what are some things that are on the horizon, you know, besides the recording that's coming out? Well, I'm uh, actually flying to Asheville, North Carolina tomorrow to do a show with uh, my buddy Claude Coleman Jr., who's the drummer for Ween, and he has his own band called Amandla. Um, so we're playing down there, and then I'll be in that area. Then I'm heading out to Minneapolis for the weekend for some more uh, Prince celebrations. You know, it's the anniversary of his untimely passing this week, April 21st, tomorrow. So there's some things going on at Paisley Park, so I'll be out there with Andre Simone again. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I fly back to Asheville Monday and I'll be down there for at least a week, maybe two, recording this next record. I'm just really excited about <clears throat> getting this next project out. Mm. I think we need, like I was saying, we need some more conscious music. We need, you know, not to put me on the level of a Marvin Gaye, but we need another What's Going On record out there. You know, I have a quick question, man, because you, you just brought up Prince mm. and you're Sharif in Burgundy. Like, what's the significance of, like, you know, that, that has to, if, if you use it in your name, it has to be, Well, you know, it's one of my favorite colors. I, I've I was, I, I was guesstimating that from the, you know, it's on the guitar as well. 
Ed, you know, I used to always tell people, you know, if you mix my skin and my blood together, you get burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> a black and red thing. And I kind of still stand by that. You know, it's just uh, my experience as a black man in this world. Mm. To me, I see the color burgundy. So between, um, from, from, this, from this project, um, what are some of the, ex uh, the, 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 the musical experiences or your musical growth between this one that you're like, you know, conceptualizing right now and about to record and, you know, previous other ones that you've worked on in the past? Song topic, first of all. Is it much more like a much like a much more like like meaty topics, much more spiritual? Yes, know? absolutely. And and a lot more experience behind it. You know, I'm, I'm older now, so we, mm -hmm. we've lived a little more. We have a little more, bit more to say. Um, and, and, you know, again, just getting back to that conscious thing, you know, um, talking about what's going on out here today with this new um, person we have in office and all that surrounds that and how that's affecting all of our lives worldwide. You know, people think, oh, it's nothing, but when you travel, you know, like, people mm -hmm. give it to you in other countries. And it reminds me of a time when I was traveling in Holland which is one of the nicest countries on the planet. Mm -hmm. But when Bush was in office, they gave it to us, man. They were like, you stupid Americans, how did you? I'm like, I didn't vote for that cat. Where's the justice man? Hate I wasted all my time for nothing, devil friends. Devil friends, all them devil friends, all them devil friends. Friends on your how they blowing, won't you? Close your mouth, cause now your horns are showing. If you had to give advice <laughs> to the up and coming songwriter in today's climate, uh, as a musician from your experiences, um, just try and say something. Other than these songs you hear nowadays and dabbing and all of this and that, and what are they talking about in these songs? Like, right. Other than pushing up on some girl on the dance floor or something. I mean, there's more to life than that, you know? Say something positive, you know? And, and stay true to what you want to do, you know? But be about something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So musically, like, what are you... Um what are you what are you listening to now that you're like kind of checking out? I honestly I haven't really listened. I don't listen to the radio that much. If I do, I keep it on WBGO, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the jazz station. I, I don't even know what's the most recent record I've gotten outside of the new De La Soul is amazing, the new Tribe Called Quest, you know. Mm -hmm. I haven't peaked the new Kendrick Lamar album. I keep hearing it's great. So wait, wait, but if you're on WBGO, what kind of what, what kind of jazz are you listening to? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I you know, I, I'm a classical <laughs> guy. I like, you know, of course, Coltrane and Miles. Who doesn't love Coltrane and Miles? Pretty much anything that comes on there. I learn a lot about jazz just from listening to that station because I didn't grow up uh, in the jazz world or playing jazz. You know, I grew up more on the soul side of things. Well, because harmonically, I hear a lot of jazz influence and like the harmony and the chords that you write to. It's very inventive. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> that probably comes more from my gospel background than jazz, but you know, it's all intertwined gospel, blues, and jazz are almost one and the same to me in a lot of ways. But what the hell is going on in the minds of the powers that be today? They said our president was a joke. America didn't get your gold. 
Terrorist planes and snipers right here in your good old U.S. of A. One of these days we gonna get along together. One of these days we gonna sing a song together and it'll be just fine. So a lot of your stuff I notice has like a little, some political tip to it. Yeah, some political tip to it. And I try to keep it a little uh, comedic, a little bit, you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah, again, just trying to say something. In the future, um, after you finish recording the record, what are you aspiring, you know, like at this point, what, what are some of your big aspirations as far as like future endeavors, future projects? I want to do it all, man. I want to put this record out. I want to tour it. You know, I would love to tour it worldwide. I would love to, you know, I've produced for a few artists, some local, um, some bigger names as well. I would like to do more of that, maybe start a record label. I think I'm going to put this next record out on my own label, unless, mm -hmm. unless I get a better offer. Was, it the, was, the, was the last one an uh, independent record as well? Or? It was, it, yeah. The downside to that is you don't have the big you know, the corporate money to help get it out to the masses, or at least I don't. You know, labels are basically a big bank. They give you a big loan and say, okay, here, you put this thing out, and you're gonna recoup all of that. Right, <laughs> right, right. I mean, but um, with with a, a message of like political tilt and everything, maybe it behooves you to say, hey, you know what, this is my baby and I want to protect it. Yeah, and it can be done. I mean, you know, artists are, things are going viral every day. You know, we have the internet now, so and YouTube and all these things, so it can be done. I'm not gonna play your fool anymore If you so ready to just walk out the door The love is strong right now, and I hate to break this energy, but we're out of time. Thank you, Sharif and Burgundy, for giving us your message of devotion. You can pick up where we left off and keep up with Sharif on Instagram at Sharif in Burgundy. I'm Kenyatta Beasley, and I really hope that you enjoyed this episode of B-Side. Be sure to check in or stop by Brick House Studios every Thursday to hear more of the best music that Brooklyn has to offer. You can also check out this and past episodes anytime at youtube.com slash BrickTV. The B-Side Podcast is produced by Charlie Hoxie, Keisha Cole, Ro Johnson, and Sasha Mathias. Recorded by Onel Mulet and edited by Emily Bogosian. For more information on B-Side and all Brick Radio podcasts, visit brickartsmedia.org slash radio. I'm not gonna play your fool anymore so ready to just walk out the door and go right ahead. Listen, let's go. I'm not gonna play.